Back at the end of uh, this past summer, uh, my, uh, our youth pastor, Todd Cooper, right over here, Todd and Sammy right over here on the front row, absolutely give it up for Todd and Sammy. Todd uh, and I uh, went to uh, play golf, and uh, now Todd has just been playing golf since he moved here uh, at the end of 2014, and I've been playing all my life. And uh, so Coop here is uh, extremely athletic, and um, he is very quickly competing with me. And like you know, he is going to be a great golfer, and uh, makes me wonder because he's getting better and better. So how much are you playing golf? No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm totally kidding. He works incredibly hard, and he's an awesome youth pastor. He and Sammy both do a fantastic job with our students, don't they? Students and parents, they do an awesome job. But he and I were playing golf and we got invited by a friend of mine who works at Long Cove, which is my favorite course on the island. And so we went over to uh, Long Cove and I said, hey, so here's the deal. Like if you really want to see a golf course, you don't drive in the cart, you walk, right? <laughs> Golfers, am I right? And uh, so we threw our bags on our back and I've been, uh, I've been walking all my life. I love walking and playing much better uh, <laughs> than uh, I do riding. And you get a better view of the course. You see all the angles, uh, you, you just, it, it, it's actually faster uh, uh, than it is if, uh, if you play cart golf and you, you do it right. Walking uh, can really be an, an amazing thing. And so I, I had this thought in my mind, you know, we'll jump out there and we'll walk 18 holes. And um, we, had a, we had a great time. And this was, I think, Cooper's first time, like, walking 18 holes or maybe second time. And, and I thought, man, I'm going I'm to wear him out. <laughs> I know I'm 42. I know he's, you know, 23, 4, 4, 4. Sorry. Sorry, man. But anyway, 24. You were 23 at the time, though. So anyway, I've, you know, I thought, man, I'm really going to show this guy, um, you know, and I'm going to wear him out. And uh, something happened to me. And, and I thought at about the turn, about hole number 10, I thought, man, I must be getting sick or something because I'm the one that's getting worn out here today. What is going on? And uh, as, as the round kept going on, I kept getting more and more and more tired. And I, I just felt depleted by the time we made the turn and was heading, uh, you know, towards uh, the 18th hole. And it was interesting because that hadn't happened to me before. Usually I'm invigorated by walking and it's, uh, it's just a lot of fun. I play, usually play better, um, although I will find an excuse in there and, you, you know, it might even be walking. But, um, I, you know, it's just something that like that day I was just exhausted. And I got home and I started cleaning out my golf bag, which, you know, should consist of a bag, you know, and 14 clubs. And I usually carry about, you know, maybe a half dozen balls with me, maybe 10, a few tees, you know, green repair. And I, I, I normally, before I walk, I'll, I'll clean my bag out. And I got home that afternoon, I realized I forgot to clean my bag out. And so um, I, I reached down in my bag and, and I had six golf balls, but I also had all of that right there. And um, reached down in my bag, and I also had all of that right there. I mean, how many kind of bug sprays can you have? Right? This is the one that I took to Belize right here. This is like 25% deet. Okay, so I had that. And then uh, I looked down there, and there was also this right here. So no wonder I was tired, right? No wonder I was worn out by the end of that round. It wasn't my age, right? It was not my age, okay? So it was all of this stuff. I mean, there's yellow and 
orange golf balls in there. That's got to be Sean. There's one with a SpongeBob SquarePants uh, picture on there, so that was fun. You know, it was all of this junk that was in my bag um, that was really unnecessary, and it was weighing me down. And I remember, like, thinking through that and thinking, man, i got to be careful next time. I've got to make sure that I, in- I inspect my bag. i got to make sure I check my bag if I'm going to walk um, because I-, I don't need something weighing me down. Now, I did like the excuse because I played terrible that day, didn't I? And so I love the excuse that, man, I had a lot weighing me down. And so I have a new excuse to add to my list of 100 excuses in golf. So anyway, if you guys want to know them, please see me afterwards, all right? So um, I realized that um, that was something that was just weighing me down. I I had things in my bag that were unnecessary, and and it caused me to be exhausted. It caused me to be worn out. We're in a series talking about rest. We're in a series talking about God's intent for the Sabbath. And, you know, it's interesting because um, you and I can have our lives and we can walk through our journey in life, whether it's spiritual, physical, emotional, relational, uh, professional, whatever that may be. We walk through the journey in life and uh, I think we don't realize how much stuff in our life that we are carrying around that's extra that weighs us down. And I think rest is one of the most important times for you and I to get with God, to get with our families, to get with ourselves, and get rid of some of the unnecessary junk that we have in our lives that's weighing us down. Today, um, we're beginning, uh, or we're continuing a series that we began last week You can see it right behind me, and God rested. And today's message is rest to restore and to replenish and to repair. And I would imagine that there's a lot of you who walked in here today, and um, you probably have some unnecessary weight. And I want to tell you today that through rest, you can drop that weight off. You can drop that unnecessary um, heaviness and burden. You can drop it at the feet of the Savior. You can drop it at Jesus' feet. But so many times we just kind of go through life happy, or so we think, to carry the weight. My prayer for you today is that before rest, during rest, and even after rest, that you you and I would have an understanding that um, it's time for us to release this burden and to give it to the Lord. Today we're going to be taking a look at kind of the second piece of the puzzle in the series, and God rested. Last week we discovered that... um, God created rest, and he created it for for you and for me. And to quote Tim Keller, um, God created the Sabbath for man and not man for the Sabbath. And we have an understanding, maybe in our culture, our upbringing, our religious background, that the Sabbath is Sunday or maybe it's Saturday. It's a day of the week. But God intended it to be a day where you rest. And so your assignment, kind of your action item last week, was to take time this week, this past week, to evaluate your weekly schedule and find your Sabbath day. For myself and for Cynthia, um, it, it is Friday. And so Friday is the day that we take time to rest. We take time um, to to really just get re-energized. But I got to tell you, um, part of my problem is, is that sometimes, and I would imagine that some of you are this way too, we approach rest Um, just kind of flippantly, like we approach it just as like a day to veg. 
which is kind of what I did Friday, if I'm really being honest with you. Um, and, and that was not the way to handle rest, okay? That was what not to do with the Sabbath, okay? Um, and so I believe that God wants for you and I to approach it with some sense of intentionality so that we can drop off the unnecessary junk in our lives at the feet of Jesus. And so today I'm going to give you kind of a a four-part plan or four best practices in terms of understanding how we approach rest. And it's kind of the second piece of the puzzle. And you'll have an action item when today's over. Take a look at the notes. You can find them online. Uh, You can uh, find them online there at our message notes. And uh, we're going to walk through four best practices or four ways that you and I can make the most of the Sabbath. And I want to remind you that last week we talked about the fact that the Sabbath and shalom really are words in Hebrew that are almost synonymous. And so rest and peace, which is what the word shalom means, are really one and the same. Or the way that I like to say it is is that if you find your Sabbath, that will lead to shalom. If you find your rest, you then will find your peace. And so today I want to give you four ways, four best practices to find that rest and do it as the best way possible. First and foremost is this. Rest is best when we develop a plan. Um, You and I develop plans for just about everything, don't we? Um, But we often forget about our spiritual lives. If many of you participated in church at home, um, you you understand that um, we have to have a plan for our spiritual lives. And I believe rest is included. Just like we have to have a a plan for our finances, just like we have to have a plan for our relationships and for our careers or students for uh, our our schoolwork and our academics, um, we should develop a plan for rest. And some of you are like, that makes no sense at all. But I promise you, if um, you take lightly the idea of rest, you'll never find it because there's always something else to do. There's always something that will try to invade or someone that will try to invade that time of rest, that Sabbath. And so uh, I want you to to consider developing a plan. This is a verse that we used all the way back in November when we were talking about finances. But the the writer of Proverbs, I think, really gets it right. He says, go to the ant, O sluggard, consider her ways and be wise. Without having any chief official or ruler, she prepares her bread in summer and gathers her food in harvest. We should have a plan even for our rest. If we don't, it'll never happen. If we don't, it'll be interrupted. If we don't, it'll be worthless. If we don't, it'll be pointless. If we have a plan, it'll be intentional. And then secondly, the writer of Proverbs also says, commit your ways to the Lord in Proverbs 16:3, and your plans will be established. Commit your work or commit your plans to the Lord and your plans will be established. Um, I remember when I worked years ago in the late 1990s, I worked for a, a group called the Enjoy Group. John Maxwell is the owner of the Enjoy Group. And um, at, at the time, uh, we were a, a growing organization that had four like distinct companies under the umbrella of the Enjoy Group. And uh, we would all get together for a Christmas party. And this was in the late 90s. And at our Christmas party, our, our leader, our founder, John, um, had a heart attack that night. In fact, it was just after Cynthia and I left um, the, the party that night. And listen, these are all Christians. It was a calm party, okay? It's not what you think it was, okay? But John, uh, you know, had, had a heart attack that night. And so um, he went to the doctor and thank, thank goodness, thank God that he was okay. And he recovered very quickly. But the doctor said, there are three things 
that you have to change. Number one, you have to change your diet. Number two, you have to start exercising. And number three, you have to find time in your life to get some rest. And I remember John, like six months later, talking to the whole company, and he said, you know, it was relatively easy to change my diet. It was relatively easy to change my, you know, exercise plan because I didn't have any. And then, but he said, the hardest part of that equation was finding rest. And John, being the leader and the planner that he is, uh, he had to plan it into his normal routine and his day. And so he had to find rest, and he did it through planning. And I promise you, if you take that approach to rest, you will find peace. You will be able to put the burden of your life down at the feet of Jesus. You have to be intentional, and you have to plan it. Secondly, the second part of of how we can... um, have a best practice or think best or or be best about rest. Secondly, is rest is best when we identify what weighs us down. It's best when we identify what weighs us down. Um, The psalmist says this, search me, O God. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. I've called this passage the most convicting yet at the same time most comforting passage in all of scripture see if there be any wicked or grievous the esv says way in me and lead me into the way everlasting you see the psalmist understood that examination is an important part of dropping what weighs us down and the writer of lamentations Um, really teaches us to get introspective. He says, let us test and examine our ways and return to the Lord. He was speaking about the nation of Israel there. He was speaking about God's people, but you know, we can apply that individually to our lives too. Listen, if we don't know what it is that we are carrying in our lives that weighs us down, we'll never be able to leave it at the foot of the cross. We'll never be able to give it to Jesus, like we're about ready to look at here in the book of Matthew, we cannot find that lasting rest if we don't identify what's weighing us down. And so right now, I want you to even begin in your life, even as I'm talking, to discover and to ask God to reveal what's weighing you down. Um, maybe it's some sin. Maybe it's a relationship that's, you know, gone bad. Um, Maybe it's guilt over something that you've done in the past. Um, Maybe it's over not, I don't know, giving your best at something. Maybe it's over ignoring your spiritual life. Maybe your heart has become a little bit hard um, to God. What is it that's weighing you down right now? Perhaps it's some situation or something that's been imposed upon you and you had nothing to do with it. You were just kind of in the crosshairs of something that went awry. So rest is best when we develop a plan. Rest is best when we identify what's weighing us down. And then also rest is best when we give God whatever is weighing us down. The New Living Translation of Matthew 11.28 says this. I absolutely love this. And I don't use the New Living Translation a lot, but I absolutely love the way that this is said. And, and we, we, we kind of hit this verse very quickly last week, but we're going to land on it this week, and we're going to land on it next week because it is so important. And I think we breeze over this verse. Jesus said this, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry 
heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. He says, come to me. Listen, he wants you to bring this to him, whatever it is in your life that's weighing you down. He wants to hear it. He wants to see it. He has experienced it because he's all God, but he also is all man. He knows it. He understands it. And he desires for you and I to bring it to him. You see, we think that we have to like clean ourselves up and polish ourselves up before we approach God. And there is an element of respect that we should have when we approach God. But Jesus wants our junk. And he wants us to leave it with him. Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. See, we have to know what it is that we're carrying, but we also have to give it to him. We have to leave it with him. We have to leave it at his feet. We have to give it to him. He can take it. You and I can't take it, can we? We can't continue to take the worry, can we? I deal with that. I deal with that. We can't continue to carry around the guilt that's weighing us down. We, we can't continue to carry around that, that sin that we've like, gotten involved with, that lifestyle that we've gotten involved with that um, God has already forgiven us of, but he wants us to be honest and to let him know and, and, and tell him how much it's weighing us down spiritually and perhaps even physically and in so many other ways. He wants you to take these burdens and give it to him. The word weary in the original language um, means to work hard to the point of exhaustion. To work hard to the point of exhaustion. And the heavy burden, the phrase there, our phrase that's a word in Hebrew, literally means to load up to capacity to overflowing. He wants you to bring your exhaustion. He wants you to bring whatever is filled up to capacity to the point of overflowing. He wants you to bring it to him. And I don't know about you, but my golf bag was full that day, but my life is often full to overflowing with stuff that I really need to leave with him because I can't handle it and you, you can't handle it. We can't continue to carry this around all of our lives or we'll end up completely spent in our lives. He wants to receive it. Last week, we used this phrase from Tim Keller when he said it's the Sabbath is about restoring the diminished. It's about replenishing the drain and it's about repairing the broken. And I want to land there today with our last point, our last best practice. You know, rest is best when you, you and I believe that God will provide restoration in our lives. That he will provide replenishment in our lives. And that he will, he will provide repair 
in our lives over and over and over again, especially in the Old Testament. We see these promises of God. I want you to check these out for for each of those words because these words are so incredibly important. I just absolutely love that phrase because it is so meaningful, paints such a good picture of where we are, of where our burdens are. Man, we are, we do come to him needing restoration, do we not? And I love this. Uh, Jeremiah says this, I will restore health to you, and your wounds I will heal, declares the Lord, because they have called you an outcast. It is Zion for whom no one cares. Listen, uh, some of you have come in today, and your restoration is health. Um, That area of restoration, that area of your life that you need to be restored is actually health. Like there is something that's happened, you've recently, uh, you've recently received news about maybe you or someone in your life that has a health issue, whatever that may be. It may literally be health, or it could be some spiritual health. It could be something in your life that you're going through that is spiritually unhealthy. And the promise of God is, is that he will restore that back to you. Maybe what you've lost is not health, but maybe it's time. I love this from uh, uh, Joel, uh, the prophet. Uh, This is just fantastic. He says, I will restore to you the years that the swarming locusts have eaten, the hopper, the destroyer, and the cutter, my great army, which I sent among you. You shall eat in plenty and be satisfied. And for some of you, maybe right now, that's a passage that you need to hang on to and you need to put like in your office or you know on on your refrigerator because right now from a business standpoint things couldn't be worse like you're, you're like the recession of 2009 is happening again in 2016 and maybe you've lost time or you've lost money um, he says that one day you shall be restored you'll be in plenty and you'll be satisfied And it's either going to be on this side of heaven or it'll be on the other side of heaven. We have that promise too, which leads me to the last thing. Maybe some of you um, have really developed a hard heart towards God, like I mentioned earlier. You haven't lost your salvation. You cannot lose your salvation, by the way. Once you give your life to Christ, that is sealed and secure. No one can ever take that away from you. But you know what? Sometimes we go through things in life that cause us, don't they, to develop a hard heart towards God. And Psalm 51, verse 12, says, Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me with a willing spirit. I cannot tell you, listen, as your pastor, but as a human Christ follower that is trying to navigate the difficult things in life, I cannot tell you how many times I've cried out that verse to God. Restore the joy of my salvation. And maybe today your joy is gone or it's waning or it looks like it is really beginning to diminish. He can't take your salvation away. The enemy cannot come in and steal your salvation, but he certainly can steal your joy. And we can be replenished of that. We can be restored in that way. And replenishment, I I love the idea of replenishment um, because here it is today and we've had all this rain throughout the night. I mean, it was pouring down rain, wasn't it? this morning early woke me up this morning you know there's something beautiful in that and I think of just parched land and Isaiah 44 3 says this for I will pour water on thirsty land and streams 
on the dry ground. I will pour my spirit upon your offspring and my blessing on your descendants. He gives that promise to his, his people. He also gives it to us. And then the last thing is repair. Ezekiel, going back to that hard heart thing, Ezekiel says this in 36, verse 26. I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put in you, and I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh, and I will give you a heart of flesh. Perhaps you're here today, and spiritually you feel like you are in need of such repair. God says that he won't just repair your hard heart. He'll give you a new one. Isn't that great? Like you go in for an oil change and you go back, you know, later that afternoon or sometimes the next day. It's really bad if that takes that long. But you walk in and, and the guy at the desk hands you the, the keys to a new car. Man, that is Jiffy Lube right there. That's pretty awesome. That's what God promises for us spiritually. We may go in for repair. He's going to give us a new heart. He is going to give us a new heart. But you know, we have to take our Sabbath, we have to take our rest seriously. We have to be intentional, we have to plan. And so here's your action item this week. And I want to encourage you, if you didn't do it last week, to, to go back to maybe listen to the podcast and to really take that seriously. Find that time. Here's, here, is, here it is for this week. During your Sabbath this week, write down specific areas of your life that are in need of restoration, replenishment, and repair. Look, I know you don't like homework. I'm not giving you homework, okay? This hopefully is water to your spiritual life. Todd Cooper and I are going through a little thing right now um, that we are doing together, and it's, um, it's just talking about being focused and having focused in, in a new year, and I need it so bad. And one of the things that we're learning in there is that before you move on um, into like what is new, you must identify what is old and be done with it. Get rid of it. It's not a bad thing to identify what's old and nasty and corrupt and causing decay in your life. It's bad to stay there. But it's not bad to identify that. Because once you identify it, then you can leave it at the feet of Jesus. And the last part of that is to commit those areas to God in prayer and release them into his care. Um, listen, he does not want you to continue to walk around, whether it be on the golf course or in life. He does not want you to walk around with the weight that is currently carrying and pulling you down. Now I've got some weight. I do. And it's not all physical weight, okay? There's a lot of junk that I need to give to the Lord. And I know that there are some of you who are here today that you've got stuff in your life that you need to leave at the feet of Jesus. Why not go ahead and start that process today? Why not start identifying that right here and right now? Because your Sabbath, your day of rest, will be so, so much more intentional, so much more purposeful, so much more meaningful if you begin this process even now as you head towards it, whatever that day, whether it's this afternoon, whether it's some other day of this week. 
It'll be so much better if you begin right now identifying those things that are weighing you down and begin even right now laying it at the feet of Jesus. Father God, thank you so much that you're a God who cares for us in such a great way um, that you don't expect us to carry the burden of loneliness. And you don't expect us to continue to carry the burden of guilt. You don't expect us to continue to carry the burden of regret. God, and we can know that at the beginning of Jesus, or at the beginning of rest, we find Jesus. And in the midst of rest, we find Jesus. And at the end of rest, we find Jesus. God, I pray that you would help each one of us to find our shalom, find our rest. And then as we do that, God, I pray that, um, excuse me, find our Sabbath, find our rest. And as we do that, that we would find our shalom in you, that we would find our peace um, in you. God, that we would be able to um, just be settled and centered because we're giving it to you. God, right now, I pray in the strong name of Jesus for those who are here and um, the burden of, of loneliness has been carrying them and pulling them down for a long time. God, I pray right now in the strong name of Jesus that they would release that and they would give it to you. God, I pray for those who are in here and um, regret is what they're carrying and it's, it's pulling them down and it's interrupting their journey with you and their relationship with others. God, I pray right now in the strong name of Jesus um, that they would lay that regret at your feet, that they would let it go and let you take that. You say, come to me. God, I pray for those who are here today and guilt is that thing that is pulling them down. God, because of something that they've done in their past or even in their recent past, God, and there's guilt that just absolutely is weighing them down. God, I pray that they would give that to you, that they would lay it at your feet. And God, I pray for those who are in here today and there's a lifestyle or there's a habit or a sin that continues to pull them down. God, I pray that right now in the strong name of Jesus that you would reassure them that they do not have to continue to carry that by themselves, that you want them to come and give it to you. And God, I pray that we would find our rest and because of that, our peace. Because we no longer continue to carry these things by ourselves, but we give it to you. And God, I pray right now for myself and everyone in here who has burdens, many that I have mentioned, maybe some that I haven't. God, I pray that they would give it to you. God, that they would willingly lay it at your feet. And God, I pray that their rest, their Sabbath this week, whether it's today or in a few days, would be so different because they've brought a plan and they've brought intentionality and they've brought purpose. And God, I pray that you would use that for your glory because God, we know at the end of the day, it's really all about you and the work that you're doing in our lives. And God, I pray that we would have you as the center of everything that we do. In Jesus' name I pray.